was like any other evening as I drove along the Waycoast Parkway, a 14.6 kilometer stretch of road that was not really occupied or built up. The only eyesore, the athletic center about halfway down the road. I'd traveled along this very road almost every day, but sometimes I felt something was not right. A sort of creepy, chilling sensation that made the hairs on my arms stand up. Unfortunately though, it was the easiest way to get home after a long day at work, the one with the least amount of traffic. The only lights were those of headlights from cars that dared to journey along with it at night. The creepiness set in at almost the exact same moment every single time I came home after dark. The shadows of the trees as the car headlights moved with the curves in the road made for an eerie appearance. I wish that I could see the taillights of the car in front of me because if I had, I might not have seen what I did. In the distance, but not that far away, I saw the outline of someone standing by the side of the road. It felt like it was a woman. My anxiety took my adrenaline to the accelerator and my car sped up. But when I got closer, nothing was there. My heart did not stop beating against the cavity of my chest though. What looked like a young woman or teenager dressed in a flowing white gown, light hair, stark eyes, all shone through the taillights from my car. It gave the illusion that she was stained with blood. Those frightful seconds had me frozen and my car swerved, diverting me back to the stretch of road ahead. I think I actually closed my eyes for a moment though, the fear grappling at me. It couldn't be real, could it? I must have imagined it for sure. I don't think I ever told anyone about that sighting for a very long time. But eventually I did tell someone and they put my mind at ease because what I never knew was that there had been, and still is, numerous sightings of ghost-like figures on the Waycurse Parkway. Welcome to True Horror Podcast, stories that will disturb you. I'm your host, Sun, and for my first episode, I shared with you one of my own horror stories. But the Waycoast Parkway is actually known by many as the most haunted road in Australia. While my personal experience of the parkway made me scared to travel alone at night, there are many other stories about a woman in white who haunts the long stretch of the deserted road. The Waco's Parkway was named in 1946 to commemorate the governorship of New South Wales by Lord Wakehurst from April 1937 to January 1946. The majority of the Waco's Parkway was constructed new in the 1940s as employment relief. The project was approved in October 1939 and work was progressing well until March 1942 when work was stopped because of the war. Construction was recommenced in March 1945 and opened to traffic in March 1946. 
Lord Wakehurst died in October 1970. But oddly enough, around the same time, it was when our young Kelly Winterghost was killed in a tragic road accident. While it's believed that other weird-looking creatures have been seen around the area as far back as the 1960s, the ghost stories are the most prominent and many drivers have reported strange occurrences. The stretch of the Wakehurst Parkway runs along Deep Creek Reserve, which is a site infamous for gruesome slayings but best known for ghost stories about hauntings of a nun and a woman named Kelly. A Burmese cab driver living on Sydney's northern beaches pulled into the Manly cab rank to join the long queue. It was late in the evening and the end of his shift. It was a long wait in Manly, so he decided to go to DY hoping that he would get a fare straight away. He was in a good position and got a fare shortly after. Soon he was already dropping off his passengers in French's Forest but he still had time for one more passenger that if he was lucky would be a big fare into the city. Even though he hated it, he knew the quickest and the most direct way was to get a pickup that would bring him along the Wakehurst Parkway. Now the parkway was notoriously known for fatal car crashes and murders, but as it was a shortcut that saved time, it was also Harley's preferred way. The road is single lanes both ways, and the biggest appeal to him was that the road was good enough to do over 100 kilometers, even though the speed limit was only 80. The long and scary road has two parts, one between Seaforth and French's Forest, and the other down to North Narrabeen. From the forest to Narrabeen, there were no streetlights once you got past the only traffic light intersection at Oxford Falls, where the expansive compound of the Christian city church is. Not just eerily dark, the road also had a dark history as a dumping ground for the murder victims of Sydney. Just after Halia moved into the area, a jilted lover from the western suburbs brutally murdered his former fiancé and dumped her naked body in the bushes of the parkway. It was the biggest news of the year and so notoriously well known that many women refused to drive along the road at night if they were alone in their cars. It was a Friday night and in the year 2001. Halia was pleased that he got his final fare from the New South Wales Sports Academy, which was the only major building that was situated on the parkway. It wasn't always open at night, but there must have been some kind of sporting event, he thought. It was almost one in the morning and the job was perfect. Happily, he turned on the radio and smiled to himself and the prospect of earning at least another 80 bucks in the dying hours of the night shift. He turned into the parkway and had to stop at the Oxford Falls intersection for the rare red light. Normally at that time the place was always deserted and the lone traffic light was in a permanent state of green unless the pedestrian button was pressed. For some reason though that night, solely alone in his cab, the light was red. It was almost as if someone had pressed the pedestrian crossing button well before he got there. Waiting patiently, as soon as the light turned green, Halia floored the accelerator. With 180 horsepower under the bonnet, his cab lurched forward and the speedo was pointing at 80 kilometers in a few seconds. Immediately though, he sort of felt like somebody had jumped into the cab and was sitting on the back seat. 
It was the same feeling he always got whenever a passenger suddenly opened the back door and got inside the cab when he was daydreaming behind the wheel. But that was impossible, as he had no passenger in his cab, and instinctively, he eyed the rearview mirror, and what he saw shocked him, and the hairs on the back of his neck prickled him. A cold sweat covered him because what he saw scared him so much he nearly relieved himself. Sitting in the centre of the back seat was a grey silhouette of a thin young woman, sort of staring straight back at him. She was in a white gown and her headdress reminded him of a Christian nun. He couldn't really see her face clearly, but her deep green sad eyes were staring back at him. The woman was not real, he thought. Halia slammed the brakes hard. His old falcon sedan shook violently, dangerously veering off to the left and skidded noisily on the gravel-covered shoulder. The car came to a sudden screeching stop. Just before a big gum tree. When he looked into the mirror again, the woman was gone, vanished, into the cold, thin air of the night. The smell of burning rubber from the car's tyres and overheating brake pads filled the air, but Halia was more interested in the woman who he'd seen in his taxi. Despite his reputable fear, Halia turned his head around and saw no one in the back of his cab. His chest was pounding fast and with his heart almost in his throat as the blood rushed into his head. Prickly goosebumps ran all over his body, but his mind raced to his Burmese folk stories told to him as a child. In his culture, it was believed that anyone who died of a violent death became a wandering spirit stuck forever in purgatory. If you feel their presence nearby, you will know by having goosebumps all over your body. She was definitely a ghost and Halia didn't dare to stay there any longer, and he immediately drove off into the darkness. He turned up the radio loud, switched the high beams on, and deliberately refused to look at the cabin mirror again as he accelerated deeper into the bushy darkness of the eerily misty parkway. He picked up his passenger, an athletics coach from Melbourne. The first thing he jokingly said to Halia was, Looks like you've seen a ghost, mate. Despite being dead right, Halia was not in a chatty mood. Luckily, the coach wanted to experience the smell of the ocean and opted to go along Pitwater Road to the city. Halia was so scared by his experience that he never spoke a word to his passenger during the long trip to the city of Sydney, and that night was the last time he ever drove alone on the Wakehurst Parkway. That incident shook him up so much that he didn't even dare to say to anyone, including his wife and kids, about his ghostly encounter. But the whole thing wouldn't go away that quickly or quietly as he'd wished. It came back to haunt him even further. It was another typical night in Manly. But that night was slow and all the fares he got were short ones and he had to keep coming back to the Manly rank. At about 9pm, four of the goths from the wharf area came up to the rank. One big guy with three girls. Halia's cab was third in the queue, but the first two refused the fare and they ended up inside Halia's cab. So where you headed? Halia started the engine. 
We're going to Narrabeen, Cabby, but we want you to go by Wakehurst Parkway, replied the big boy in the passenger seat. Halia silently sighed, but managed to quickly hide his fear from them. That's a long way, mate. It'll cost you more, much more. It's okay, we have money, the girl with the most piercing said. Halia did a U-turn on the wide road and headed in the direction of Warringah Moor. Can you go through Alambie Heights? It's much quicker, the girl in the cemetery bitch t-shirt ordered from the middle of the back seat. Shut up, bitch, he knows where he's going. The big boy beside Halia shut his friend up and asked him, So, what's your name, cabbie? Halia was not usually comfortable telling passengers his real name, so he lied to him. Jack. Jack who? Jack who? Wow, I like your name, a very short one, and it sounds good. My name is way too long. Is your name very long like Longbottom? Halia tried to be funny. <laughs> yeah, mate, bingo, that's exactly my name. They both laughed. Nice to meet you, Jack. You too, Longbottom? By that time, they were almost at French's Forest Road and the parkway was just around the corner. So, what, what's the reason for the long detour, Halia said with curiosity. Nothing much, I just wanted to show my friends how scary the dark parkway is at night. We were all just talking about the scary dark parkway and we decided we wanted to take a trip and see if we can spot any ghosts. The boy replied and laughed, but it sent a cold shiver through Halia's spine. Yeah, maybe that nun will hitch a ride with us, provided you were not bullshitting us all along. Have you ever heard of that legend, Jack? The boy asked Halia, but he was so gripped with his own fear about that night, he decided to play dumb. No, can't say I have. Yeah, mate, a visiting nun from Scotland was run over at the intersection where the church is, about 30 or 40 years ago. You know, there was another church well before the Christian City Church. She's been hitchhiking the passing cars since. As Harley listened to him go on, ahead of him were the same set of lights that had changed his life a few months before. The night he'd seen the green-eyed ghost. Without any thought, Halia opened his mouth and asked, Does this ghost have green eyes? Halia knew he would immediately regret opening up to this group of strangers. All four of them were gobsmacked and staring at Halia. You saw her! The quiet one spoke and the other girls swung around and stared at her for a moment. Yes, she has green eyes. Everyone says that if you look into them long enough, you'll go mad. Halia hoped that wasn't true, but at that moment he felt compelled to finally explain his encounter with a ghost. Oh my god, I have to tell my sister I'm calling her now. Just give me a minute. The big guy then pulled a late model Nokia out of his black long overcoat pocket and started dialing. Halia could hear the faint ringing tone at the other end, but nobody picked it up. Hmm, she's not answering, but I will tell her. So what is it about your sister? Halia asked. Oh mate, she's been obsessed with that nun for a long time now since she was in primary. Our family is originally from Glasgow, and my sister has been obsessed that we might be related to that dead nun. I still remember at one stage she drove with me in her car on this road up and down, up and down, almost every single night around midnight for about six months just to look for that bloody nun. I was only 12 then and she used to scare the living shit out of me. But there are other stories about the parkway. So many murders. 
In the 1990s, a 21-year-old Macquarie University student was strangled then dumped at French's Forest on the parkway. And also a year earlier at Deep Creek Reserve, another guy was fatally shot with a high-powered compound bow and then dismembered. The smart-ass girl in the middle said, Now that's disgusting, Halia thought to himself. Well, he even stored the body in a freezer. And back in the 60s, an eight-year-old boy was found on the side of the road in Seaforth where the Wacos Parkway begins. But that's not the woman dressed in white, Longbottom said. And there's more than one, but we're interested in seeing the woman in white dressed like a nun. Yeah, I heard about that Kelly chick who died in a car accident haunts the road as well, said one of the girls from the back. But Halia didn't see who it was. It's even been said that both of them haunt together. This made Halia feel obliged to tell them what happened to him and the rest of the way down the parkway was filled with shared stories and rumours about whether the woman in white was actually real. They got off at Domino's Pizza at Narrabeen and Halia was left chilled by what he'd heard, but he never saw those passengers again. For a long time, Halia was spooked that his ghost sighting of the woman in white may just have been real. He shook his head in disbelief whenever he thought of it and cursed those goddamn goths for making it more real to him. The stories of murders and ghosts prevented him from having the courage to take rides that would involve going along the parkway. But a customer was a customer. He tried to avoid that stretch of road where the apparition had occurred but Halia really didn't have any choice in avoiding it altogether. It was the first shift after Halia had taken some time off. The freezing winter night was a very quiet one, and by midnight, Halia decided to end his shift and go home early. He turned his engine on, but didn't log off just yet. He started the journey back home to see if he picked up another quick fare on the way. As he began to drive up Warringah Road, he received a fare for the Athletic Centre. He hadn't had a fare for there in a while, but something made him lose his fear and so he headed for the parkway. He turned off a Lambie Road, he accelerated fast down the parkway, winding through all the curves, making sure that he was safe and taking his mind off any ghostly figures that might appear. When he got to the centre, a tall figure in a hooded black overcoat approached his car. He did notice that the lights were out, but this was not a first. Many people would wait for taxis after the centre had closed. Hi, the tall thin woman jumped into the back, but no eye contact was made. So where are you off to, miss? The church at the end of the parkway. Uh, do you mind if we head down to Narrabeen and go the long way round? I promise I won't charge you. Trust me, it will be worth it, she cut him off. I'll give you a hundred bucks if you take me there, okay? She waved a green plastic note at Halia and he couldn't resist. The cabbie checked through the mirror to make sure no green-eyed ghost women were sitting in the back. The woman looked at him and slightly smiled from the corner of her thin-lipped mouth. He floored the accelerator and in ten minutes' time they reached the end of the parkway, turning those curves he knew so well and again trying to take his mind off anything that might be unusual. It was only then that Halia slowed down and he tried to have a quick sideways glance at her, but under the black hood he could only see part of her blonde locks and a green jade earring on her right earlobe. 
Then he noticed the rosary beads on her right wrist resting on her thigh. It was quite common to see that kind of expensive Buddhist rosary beads in his home country, but the difference with this one was that it had a silver cross dangling from the middle. It was a strange combination of two faiths, he thought. She also had a black scarf around her slender white neck, and except for her pale complexion, there was really nothing unusual about her. They reached the traffic lights at the beginning of the parkway, and as usual, it was green at the church intersection. Halia drove through and stopped at the spot well before the big gum tree. She turned her head and nodded, then handed him the brand new $100 note from her purse. She then surprised him by placing her rosary beads on the center console. No miss, no miss, I can't. Yes, you can. I saw you eyeing them off before, and I don't need them anymore. The slender woman got out of the cab and headed for the church grounds. Halia was kind of worrying by now that she shouldn't have been here out on this deserted stretch of the parkway in the middle of the night. But when he turned the car around to leave, he glanced in the rearview mirror and she was standing by the wire fence of the church compound. A bright mercury streetlight was right at the intersection and he could see her face. He reversed back a bit so that he was having to look over his shoulder directly opposite to her. And what he saw when she stared back at him were her deep green eyes. And it immediately reminded him of the ghost apparition he had seen before. He couldn't take his eyes away from the side mirror and he held on tightly to the steering wheel with his now shaking hands. He was paralyzed with fear and looked away. Then with no control, he looked again through the side mirror. But instead of seeing the black hooded woman who'd been in his cab, there by the fence was the green-eyed nun. He looked down at the center console where the young woman had placed her rosary beads, but they were gone, completely vanished without a trace. His heart was pounding. He couldn't get out of there fast enough, much to his discretion of having to leave her alone, but he knew that she was not a real person and that she had been in his cab once again. That night was the last shift Halia ever did for the manly cabs. The next day he quit his job, gave two weeks notice, and moved as far away from the northern beaches as he could. And he's never seen a ghost again. From a phantom green-eyed nun to a mystery woman wearing white, the tales surrounding Sydney's Waco's Parkway are the stuff of nightmares. Do you dare to travel alone on this stretch of road at night, or any stretch of road that is deserted and dark? In the show notes, I will leave for you information where you can decide, was this true horror story real or not? While you're there, you know what to do, that five-star review. Or you can swing by YouTube to comment and like. Now, if you want to get more personal and scare me with your tales of horrors, take a ride on the wild side and share them on my subreddit, True Horror Podcast. Until next time, remember that sometimes things you see in the shadows are more than just shadows. Shadows.